unknown to the general public. A newspaper column written by me and published one week after the events of 9-11 by Transcontinental Media. September 11th, 2001. That first wound was the deepest. Now we know how it feels to be doing something mundane, human, brushing the teeth, preparing breakfast, and to be interrupted by the sight of innocent people facing their nightmare deaths. Indelible, those moments. Other horrific wounds have followed. The endless repetition of terrifying images. The desperate faces of mourning. And now, still more battering of the heart. The sound of advancing war drums. Our friend and neighbor, the United States of America, has offered a profoundly dishonest response to September 11th and is driven to emulate the insanity of an uncertain antagonist. We are being asked, no, it is being demanded of us to support a war on terrorism and to damn the monsters who have killed thousands of innocent civilians, while at the same time promising to go forward and do likewise. We are being asked to prepare for a police state, to watch as walls are built to keep the enemy out, and forces are hired and trained to invade our privacy and discard our civil liberties. The nation which squanders more of its wealth on arms than any other on earth in history has been brought down by a handful of men with razor blades. And still, it cannot see the folly of its defenses. Who has written the lines delivered by George Bush? Who has coached him how to look into the camera and say them as though they were holy? He says, It is a new kind of evil we've never seen before. It is murder in unconscionable perfidy. We will rid the world of the evildoers. At the same time, the voice of Martin Luther King can be heard, as it was in April of 1967. The greatest purveyor of violence on earth is my own government. The truth is that Americans do not have the moral authority to lead a war against terrorism because for the last 50 years they have supported terrorism, practiced it, taught it to a legion of dictators, and exported it to vulnerable countries all over the world. Nobody does it better. The governments of this world, including Canada's, know this full well. And still, they've rushed to the side of the Americans, out of fear, out of hopes for reward, and because they don't know what else to do. At the end of the Second World War, the United States emerged as the richest and most powerful country in the world, and its wealthy elite resolved to keep it that way. Obsessed with the threat of communism, they established in 1947 
the National Security Act, the National Security Council, and what would become the Central Intelligence Agency, a powerful shadow government paid for by American taxpayers, but not accountable to them. Successive presidents have surrendered more and more foreign policy and war powers to that shadow government, using the excuse of national security to keep its activities safe from public scrutiny. Motivated largely by the desire for control of the world's resources, it has conducted a permanent covert war against poor and developing countries. Students of this Third World War estimate that the CIA has killed about six million people, most of them innocent civilians, just like the ones we saw in New York, though not as well-dressed or well-fed. Unknown to the general public, Americans have used their forces to kill 4,000 civilians in Panama, assisted General Pinochet in the disappearance of 20,000 Chileans, starved half a million Iraqi children to death, an action Madeleine Albright told 60 Minutes was worth it if it kept the sanctions against that country in place. Our friends, the Americans, have bombed, burned, and buried alive as necessary without mercy or remorse. Osama bin Laden is their former employee. The same media that is now counting American bodies one at a time have not told Americans these stories because they're owned by the interests that influence and direct the shadow government. So this casual warfare has meant little, if anything, to the North American public. Until now. Now that the spectacular debris, the broken bodies, the smashed faces, and the shattered lives are American. Now it's unconscionable murder, perfidy, the work of evildoers, and we are ordered to avenge it. The dead of New York will not be honored if we merely hate and kill the unidentified, demented terrorists who have punctured its heart. Our task is to find them, try them, and hear their hellish testimony. At such a trial, all of us, Americans in particular, may be found guilty of the same crime against humanity, acting as though some lives are more valuable than others, as though blood and death are our toys to play with. Then, let's decide together how we can rid the world of George Bush's evildoers. doers.